Okay, hello, welcome to episode 247 of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, this is Owen coming solo to you once again, uh, a day after the game, not right after the game. And the reason why is because me and Fong actually went to the game. It was a last minute decision. We paid honestly a little bit too much um, to, to go to the game because for some reason the game was really expensive. Maybe it's because like, it is. It was like last minute decision, and we bought the tickets pretty late. Um, and yeah, uh, we paid money to see this game. It was not worth it. <laughs> uh, what um, little backstory? One of our buddies uh, came back um, for the holidays, and we decided to treat him out to a game. And uh, yeah, just kind of random, spontaneous decision to buy tickets for the game. And uh, yeah, so um, Fong is not here today. Um, yeah, we had a bit of a late night. Uh, he he went out to go, he went out and drank, and uh, yeah, feeling a little under the weather, so he will not be here to share with you his experience with the game. But I did not drink, so I am in good, um, I guess, good spirits, um, kind of, I guess, good health. Uh, yeah. So okay, what what uh, did I see at the game? Well, the game was you know it it, it was a bit of a frustrating watch. Um, so we actually arrived a little bit, a little bit late. It was, I think it was 10, no, it was like three, it was like 11, eight at one point or with the Kings leading. I don't remember the exact score, but we got to our seats a little bit later, uh, after the game started. And I thought the Kings were playing well, um, to kind of start, you know, they were getting stuff going. Sabonis and Kevin Herter kind of, you know, started doing kind of getting, I guess, more chemistry together. They were, they were working their, um. Uh, they were kind of getting getting their two man game going, so it looked like the game was going to go, you know, a decent way. They came, as I wrote in my notes, they came out with a bit of intensity, but not a lot of focus because Kevin Herter, while starting out decently, he started kind of he started to just kind of throw the ball away. It was like one of the more notable things in the game, and he just he was just a little bit off in terms of his feel uh, this game. And unfortunately, that kind of per percolated into the rest of the team. So that's what I mean by they came out with a certain level of intensity. You know, they lost to the Hornets. They lost the Hornets game because they didn't come out with the right focus and intensity. This game, they came out with the intensity, but not without the focus, in my opinion. And, uh, to, you know, it just seems like the Kings just do this. They struggle with not a game or teams on the second night of a back-to-back. For some reason, they don't they don't come out and go for the kill. Instead, they kind of fuck around a little bit. And uh, this is you fuck you fuck around enough, you gonna find out. And they found out this week. Um, anyways, uh, the Kings, you know, I mentioned in in the Hornets game and also the Lakers game that you can't let a team come out and get comfortable. You know. Because, you know, especially a team like the Wizards, like the Hornets, and oh, to a certain degree, like the Lakers, who were, you know, like short on their guys. You can't let them get comfortable. You can't let them start feeling themselves. They, you know, they, they're coming off, um, you know, a, a game like the night before. They're a little worn out. If they don't, if they don't hit shots right away, it's going to percolate. It's going to kill their spirit. And it's, you know, they're going to slowly fall apart. But if you let them get comfortable, you let them kind of hit some shots to, you know, start to feel themselves a little bit. 
they're gonna it's gonna they're gonna build some momentum and you might not be able to like recover from that and that's exactly what happened the king the kings like in the first quarter like they kind of matched the the wizards you know 28 27 but they opened the second quarter just awful you know they couldn't make a shot and you know they their offense was you know wasn't flowing well which happens without some bonus on the floor but you know they also just weren't making shots and their transition defense was really 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 bad and the wizards got out to a got out to i think a double digit lead with like you know i guess a you know a quarter of the way through the quarter and it they basically just were playing from behind for the rest of the game they never really threatened for the rest of the game once the wizards got that lead and yeah, they let them get comfortable. They go on a little bit of a mini drought without Sabonis on the floor. And that and that was basically all she wrote. Um, you know, their transition defense, just terrible. Just kept, you know, just kept giving up, giving runouts. Half court defense wasn't exactly much better. They let the Wizards get to get to their get to the basket a little too easily for layups and dunks. And also, like it would open, you know, if they, you know, crash down and help, it would open up threes. And, you know. And also, like, them not, like, just letting the Wizards get to their spots. Like, they just did not put up a lot of resistance on defense. And that was kind of the issue. Like, they just, the defense just wasn't there. And, you know, you go on just a teeny bit of a drought like they did in the early in the second quarter. And that was that was it. You know, they basically, the Kings have somehow just lost, completely lost their defense, you know. You know, they were playing, like, the defensive player, the defensive player of the game chain, which is cool. But right now they're not playing good defense at all. Like you can you can even argue like it's been three games where their defense has been really really bad. You know the Lakers game I had said like for stretches during that game their defense was Swiss cheese, and in this game it, it was the same thing except this time they they're not missing you know three of their four best players, and they you know they started feeling themselves they have the talent to you know be able to attack and you know get physical with the Kings. And they basically just kind of overwhelmed the Kings a little bit, you know, despite, again, being on a second night of a back-to-back. You know, it, it's, a, it's a bad loss, of course. But, you know, th- this is kind of... I mean, the Kings, they've been, a, they've been a good team for the most part so far. But ultimately, this is kind of like, as Sean Cunningham puts it, this is kind of a sign of a 500 team. They're going to have weird games like this. And sometimes, you know... the. The characteristic of a 500 team is that they are inconsistent. Now, of course, this level of inconsistency is much better than what we've been dealing with for the past two years. And, you know, again, you hope that this isn't a theme, but this is two back-to-back. This is two games in three in three games where, again, game team was on a second half of back-to-back, and they just, they, the Kings did not take advantage. Instead, they just let them get comfortable, and they just, they just let them. They just let them walk over them. Despite again having not having the advantage, you're not protecting home court, and you're just kind of giving it away. It's, it's not. It's not great. Like this. This home stretch. You know, your next two games are going to be against Denver. You know, these were the three games that you had to basically take all of them. You know, and you go one and two, like against you know bad teams for the most part. Like you can argue like, oh, the, their talent. They have a lot of talent. Like, no, the Hornets did not have a lot of talent. They had a decent starting lineup, and then the bench was absolute garbage for the most part, except, like, maybe Nick Richards. But And then, like, the Wizards, they got they probably got more talent, but at the same time, like, they're worn out. Like, they're not consistent. 
And you know, you just you let them get comfortable like this, and you just let them just punk you. You're like you, you can't have that shit. And yeah, it all culminated in just getting embarrassingly destroyed by by you know a struggling Wizards team and their and their beautiful pink jerseys. Um, yeah. So hopefully they find their defense um, at you know hopefully by next game because you're going up against Denver and Jokic is probably the greatest big man of all time or greatest offensive big man of all time, you know, it's gonna be a tough one. You hope that the Kings actually get up for that game. Like I hate, I, I hope this is not the case. Maybe they just looked at the Hornets, they looked at the Wizards, they're like, these are gonna be easy games. We don't have to get up for it. First of all, fuck that mentality. You're the fucking kings and lo and behold you get you get pumped okay so you better wake the hell wake the hell up man um so i think uh once you know once they just kind of you know not i don't need them to be one of the best defenses in the league once the they just need to be decent put up some resistance the i think the offense will end up getting a little better and once they get more stops they get out in transition the offense flows a little bit better i think they'll be fine but we'll have to see if they can actually find that identity again. Because I imagine, like, you know, you get punked like that, it's a wake-up call. But, like, how long do, how long does that wake-up call last? And if they fall back into bad habits? Because right now, it's not good. And they, they, need, to find, they need to find that intensity again. And we'll see how they do it. Um, let's see. Talk a little bit about the individual players. Uh, Sabonis actually got not really had a really good game, although defensively I didn't really love what he did. Like he, I thought he was okay, but you know um, he gets a second straight triple double, but unfortunately did injure his right hand late in the game. There's no there's no status update. They did um, they did do an X ray and said there is an injury, but there's no timetable about if he's gonna even like be out for the game or what it actually is or gonna be out the next game or you know what it actually is. So. We'll have to probably wait till probably after the holidays to, you know, get an update. But hopefully he's okay because this team cannot afford to lose it. He is the he is the Kings' most important player. You know, our, you know, I think I don't think there's much debate. He is the best player. Like De'Aaron, De'Aaron puts up a lot of numbers, but like Sabonis, they don't have a backup plan to Sabonis. Like Davion can, you know, sub supplement like you know a good portion of what De'Aaron does. But like they don't, the Kings don't have a backup at all for uh, Sabonis. So they're gonna have to find out. They're gonna they're gonna have to hope that Sabonis isn't out like for an extended period of time, if any time. Um, did not shoot well this game. One of the one of the, those rare games where he didn't shoot well. Five or four, five or fourteen from the field. He did it. You know, just watching the game, it just felt like he didn't get a fair whistle. Um, just. You know, there was a lot of contact that got let go. You know, I think he also struggles with, like, the length of, like, a guy like, um, you know, Kristaps Porzingis and, you know, Daniel Gaver, who's a very active big man and, like, really good at boxing out um, some bonus, by the way. Like, really good at doing that. And then, you know, the wiliness that is Taj Gibson. So he he struggled. Um, Look. He did. He actually did have ten free throws, so that's actually really good. And I did, didn't realize he actually didn't miss any free throws at all. Very interesting free throw game. Like I say, like the Kings didn't get a favorable whistle, but if you actually look down in the statue, they got a lot of free throws. But there were there was definitely quite a quite a period where it just felt like he got hit a lot, and it, it, there was just no call. And well, I, I don't know. Like you know, the refs have a tough job. I get it. 
sometimes it just, it just feels really inconsistent how they're how they're like refing these games. Um, go go down the list. Harrison Barnes not a great game. Four for thirteen. Also, like just had some really weird turnovers where he just lost the ball. Um, just you know, it's just one of those games where he just didn't score. I don't really know how to explain it. Keegan Murray. He got a short leash this game. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what was going on. Um, you know, he only played 22 minutes. Um, he only only made one shot. It, it was a three, and you know he constantly got pulled for some reason. Uh, like for Trey Lyles. We'll talk. We'll get to him a little bit later. But I, I, I don't know. Mike Brown definitely had a short leash for young guys in this game. Like Kata didn't play much. Um, Keegan, as I as I said, just only 22 minutes. And I thought he was fine when he was on the floor, but you know, like there's only so much I can see with my naked eye. I'm, you know, I could probably watch the tape, but uh, yeah, just didn't get didn't get a lot of opportunity this game. Got constantly got subbed subbed out for a Trey Lyles or like someone else. Um, just kind of weird how that how that went down, but it is what it is. One for eight, not great. Um, De'Aaron Fox, I thought had a, I thought he it's so. This is my biggest issue with De'Aaron Fox. He is so such an incredible finisher, like that. I just feel he needs to be, he needs to take like a different mentality in terms of shooting jumpers. I don't. I just, I'm just at the point where I'm just like, don't ever take pull up threes anymore. Like, sure, he's been a, he's been a much better shooter from three this year. Although he's back, he's down to 33 percent now, or 33.8. So round it up for 34, whatever. Like. Anytime he takes a pull-up three, it's settling because he's such a great finisher. I need him to do, to attack the rim relentlessly each time because, he, he, you know, that puts pressure on the defense and it also just, like, stops stops the team from just taking threes for the sake of taking – or for the sake of taking threes, which is, like, this new this new thing with, uh, with the modern NBA where, oh, you need to get up 43s a game. No, you don't need to get up 43s a game. You need to take good threes. And you know, if you know, if you're a good shooter, if you're feeling it a little bit, sure, take a pull-up three here now and then, but always try to attack the rim and create a better shot before just, you know, you know, taking a three for the sake of taking a three. And and you know, back to Fox, like when he attacked the rim, it was great. He drew a lot of free throws this game. Now he missed five. He, he was eight for 13 from the field, but constantly attacked the rim, put pressure on the rim. And just you know, create that way. But you know, just settling for jumpers the way he does, I don't, I don't love it. I want him to attack the rim relentlessly each time. And you know, that, that's my only issue with him. He, he was okay this game. Not like he did have twenty. He did have twenty six seven twenty six point seven rebounds and three assists. The assists were a bit tricky. That I just felt like a lot of guys weren't hitting shots. But at the same time, he wasn't. He wasn't having a great passing game. Like they played Rashawn a little bit and. Rashawn just it wasn't in rhythm. You know, it was I feel it was a little bit hard for him to get assists. But like the Wizards were able to kind of like, you know, throw different looks at him. And I just felt he didn't attack the rim enough. And, you know, take advantage of like the bigger wing defenders and just getting right by them. Like, you know, that that he that we know he can. Um, so yeah, I just needed I just need him to attack the rim more because the Kings just it just felt like they weren't shooting well from three. And you know, at, at a certain point, you just you need to change it up. Stop jacking up threes. Um, let's see. M- who's the next? Oh god. Okay. Okay. Kevin Hurd, as I said, just had a really weird game. Just like he it just felt like he wasn't in rhythm. Like normally you, you see like he, 
he would be one of those guys that get like four to like six assists, zero assists this game and three turnovers. And I just felt like he didn't, he just wasn't in rhythm. Like he tried to hit a, a few of those like in rhythm on the move passes and it just did not connect this game. I just felt like he, he was a bit, he was a bit off. So, you know, just not, just not a great game for him. Only played 24 minutes. And like a lot of it was just like Mike Brown benched him because he just didn't have it this game. So yeah, it was just an overall weird, weird game for everyone. This game, unfortunately, um, as I mentioned, Keegan Murray got pulled a lot, only 22 minutes in his place. Trey Lyle, Trey Lyle's played a lot. He was six for six from the field, two for two from two for two from three. Didn't miss a free throw, but like he was actually, I thought he was okay. It, I don't know about like just benching Keegan for him because honestly, I don't know, don't really know what he does better than Keegan, honestly. But you know, like coaches always prefer to play the veterans because they make less mistakes and you know it's hard to spot like the mistakes that keegan makes that you know uh that uh trey lyles doesn't make but he was good this game and you know like he he does he does add size and i, I don't i didn't hate it but i, I would have loved to see more keegan you know again good, good game for him six for six two for two from three but you know, every the rest of the team didn't have it. It really wasn't his fault that the team like just that you know this that the Kings lost this game. I'm just jumbling my words now. <laughs> okay, um, last guy, last two guys I want to talk about: Davion Mitchell, um, 17 minutes, like only two for two and for five points. But he was he was a defensive menace. Took a bunch. I felt like he took at least two or three charges. Was a defensive presence out there. It's just. It's just that the rest of the team was a bit off sync, but he he had a stretch in the third quarter where Mike Brown decided to just you know bench bench Fox and you know Davion made an impact out there with his defense and you know they made a little bit of a run to you know got the lead from thirty to twenty, but you know he really did a good job and you know Mike Brown could rely on him to provide good minutes on the defensive end. Um, Malik Monk. Kind of has the same issue that with De'Aaron that I see, where just if he's not as good of an attacker as um, as uh, De'Aaron, but he does have like explosiveness about him. You know, I just I just don't love it when you know he takes a lot of those like contested pull up threes. Now he he'll hit them on occasion, but you know he be I just feel he'd be certain. He'd be just so much better if he just, you know, attack the rim first, try to create something first before settling for for a three. You know, I, I thought I thought he was good this game. You know, six for six from the free throw line, let just attack the attack the rim just enough to kind of keep the defense honest. But you know, the rest of again the the rest of the team just wasn't in sync, and that's a uh, and of course they didn't play they just didn't play defense this game, and uh, you know it's tough to win when you don't play defense and your offense just isn't really there. Uh, like looking just through the box, like th looking through like the team stats, you know, the, the Kings and the Wizards actually shot kind of like overall, like the most of the stat sheet is actually like the same, you know, um, the Kings had 13 turnovers, uh, Wizards had nine. So like, there's not a, like a big discrepancy, but if you look at one of the big discrepancies, the Wizards had a lot of assists because they, they move the ball. Well, they got on transition a lot. And again, they just they just kind of ran their stuff, and the and the Kings just kind of let them do whatever they want, get to their spots, get layups, get dunks, and you know that's kind of how they got they got rolling. 
that was the key because if you look at you know the Kings, they only had 19 assists this game, just really really low number, and it shows you that the offense was just not in sync this game. And you know, hopefully they find their rhythm back, and hopefully like once they just kind of up their intensity on defense, that will kind of like fix the offense even. Like the offense hasn't like been bad, but you know in this game, you know they shot they. Again, percentages across the board are actually very similar to the Wizards, but the Wizards made 12 more field goals um, on four more attempts. Like, you know, 49 of 88 for the Wizards and 37 of 84 from, from the Kings. And, you know, that's kind of the difference. Everything else they kind of matched the Wizards in. Like, they just did not shoot well this game. And, you know, play a little bit of better defense, make it a little harder on the other team. And, you know, you can kind of close the gap in terms of made field goals. You get out of transition more. You just have more uh, opportunities. You make you make the offense a lot easier when when you can get out in transition. And you know they just got to fix a lot. Of, they just got to fix these things. And it's not going to be easy, but that's what they're going to have to do. Um, so okay, now just to go over a little bit about the Wizards, um, Bradley Beal just you know kind of just had his kind of game, like twenty four points, uh, ten for sixteen. You know what wasn't was a really big threat throughout the game. Kyle Kuzma actually had 32 points. And honestly, like just like watching the game live, it felt like like it felt like Bradley Beal had 32 points and Kyle Kuzma had 24 points. But yeah, Kuz just kind of did his thing. Again, the defense just kind of let him do whatever he wanted. And he took advantage. Just kind of just 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 you know, big boyed a lot of a lot of the Kings' players and just got to his spot without much resistance. Um the okay, Monte Morris. Now he only he was only four for seven from the field, but it felt like he was six of seven. It felt it felt like he was like eleven of twelve because anytime he like went to the basket, he he made a shot. Actually, that was what happened because he had three missed field goals and it was all threes. He got he got fouled on two threes, if I remember right, and one of them was a four point play. So just kind of one of those really steady point guard hands, a lot like a Tyus Jones where simply by being a competent point guard like a competent guard a guy that just is steady doesn't turn the ball over he killed the kings and just what and yeah like he was kind of just one of those guys that you give him the ball he's going to be able to create something against the kings because their defense just wasn't there that game and you know he took advantage uh Rui Hachimura off the bench 21 points and these were loud points like there one thing that bugs me about the Kings' defense sometimes is that I know the scheme calls like whenever there's dribble penetration, a third guy from the weak side helps um, in order to you know contain dribble penetration, but that leaves the guy on the weak side open. And in the second quarter, when the when the Wizards kind of blew the game open, it was Rui Hachimura, and Rui's not a great three point shooter from what I know, but when a guy has hit two threes in a row. You might not want to help off of him. Now, I know a, an open three is always better than a layup, quote-unquote. At the same time, a guy is hot. I would say maybe take your chance and hope that's a bonus or whoever the big man was, like, could just contain the drive and you don't have to help. I don't know. Like, they let him go off and, like, yeah, the 21 points were big. Like, they, that was honestly kind of, kind of the difference between the game. Like, you know. If you just contain Rui Hachimura a little better, you might make this a closer game. Like, you know, you might have an easier time coming back is what I'm trying to say. So, yeah, not, not, just not a great game overall for the Kings. Uh, DeLon Wright also had a really um, 
annoying game where wow two points eight assists like that's the, that's a really you talk about like steady hands like monte morris and delon Wright just steady hands off the bench just ran the offense and just did their thing um yeah kings really should not have let him go that that tristan thompson trade really a black mark on monty's reign unfortunately like delon Wright's a really good player just a, again a steady hand that just is it a competent guard that can just do some things to hurt, you know, bad defenses. And that's exactly what he did. Uh, yep. That's okay. And that's, uh, that's all I have on my notes. Um, yeah, overall, not a great game. Um, really, really don't like, really didn't like that. The Kings kind of just laid down for the wizards. Uh, just, you know, hopefully they can just get their shit together. And at some, you know, at some point, maybe there's a trade down the line, but I feel like there are there are like tools you can get, you know, use off the bench. Like Casey Arpala is just sitting right there. You know, if the defense isn't working, you know, get put in put in put in like um Casey Arpala and just have him out there with D Davion Mitchell. Now, of course, that really destroys the offense a little bit, just because you know Davion's not the great, not really a spacer either. He's not a great shooter. <laughs> like make some stuff happen on defense like you know if, if you really want to like a change of pace like hell maybe play i get well, i don't think you can play kz at the, at the five but i just i just feel like give kz a look i, I really because like i really love him on defense now he, he there was one play where he just absolutely smoked a layout while the kings were making a run and kind of killed a lot of the momentum but you know you play a little bit of better defense you're not in that position where you need to play perfect you know, down the stretch in order to, you know, win the game. It is what it is. And, you know, let's see some more KZ Apollo minutes. I really like him. Okay. All right. One last quick thing uh, I'll quickly go over. Um, Tim Bontemps' uh, trade grades. Um, you know, he criticized the uh, Kings' trade uh, of Tyrese Halliburton to get the minus a bonus. He, I think he upgraded it from D plus to a C minus or C plus. I, th I, thought, it's a, I thought I saw a C plus, but... Look, it, it is for those of you that didn't see that that's basically what happened. Um, and he was just very critical of this trade and basically called it an awful trade. And yeah, I forgot he said some other stuff too, but I'll just say this I generally don't really pay attention to like national. I've learned to not really pay attention to national media because let's be honest, they don't watch the Kings. And even this year, even though the Kings have been good for them, you know, a lot better than the, I think a lot of people expected. They don't, they, they just don't watch it. And I get it to a certain degree. It's basically impossible to watch all 30 teams. So you're going to have to skimp out on one or two teams who aren't as interesting, even though Kings are a bit more interesting this year. But he, ha I assume he has a lot of preferences to like long-term, like, you know, long-term control of Tyrese and, you know, Tyrese like, you know, blowing up in Indiana this, this year, like really, you know, it's really hard not to look at that trade and just say like that could have been the Kings. It likely wouldn't have been, but hey, it is what it is. But I feel like the national media always ignores the Sabonis part, and it's like with a, with a situation like this, like they never mention that Sabonis is really good. You know, like you, you don't have to you don't have to shit on like it doesn't always have to like be one side wins the trade or one side loses the trade. It, in this case, I just like like LeBron James said, this is one of those trades that helps both teams in a way. You know, they have different goals, and this trade kind of 
like fulfilled both goals for the most part at least at least like looking at it now you know we don't we don't have to hate on trades and it is what it is i generally don't even listen to the national media anymore like really the only perspective you have to worry about is the the local um opinions like you know james ham sean cunningham those guys give really good objective looks at the team and like even like a sam amick who's a national guy but he is based in sacramento and you know keeps close tabs on sacramento like those are the guys that like have you know legit i guess valid opinions about the kings in my opinion just because they they they're close to the situation they know what's going on they you know they have con they have more context about certain situations instead of just having a generalized kind of view of the kings like i remember i really i really hate no i don't really hate it and i i, I get they do what they do well the uh what's the what is the uh what is the podcast but it's the it's the um it's the podcast that Dan Favell does. Like they, you know, they, when whenever he does an episode on the Kings, I'm I just always just kind of want to tear my hair out. I'm just like, what are you? Like I get where you're coming from, but it's just you don't have the full context uh, and like the reasoning of like each t- decision. And of course, the Kings have been shit, so it's easy to make fun of them. But I just feel like they're not telling the whole story, and it is what it is. And you know, like don't don't worry about guys like Tim Bontemps they have their own opinions and you know just i guess you know i don't want to even bother yelling at them on twitter just ignore them is what i would say okay all right well that's all i have for this game uh hopefully the kings get it together um for their back-to-back against denver and you know hopefully they kind of just i guess make up for this homestand somehow because going one and two on this so far has been bad and you hopefully they find a way to turn it around so we'll see. Okay, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll be coming back to you, hopefully, with both me and Fong uh, at the next episode. Um, after the back-to-back against um, the Denver Nuggets on 27th and the 28th.